Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crowdy. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And we're coming to you from a chilly morning here in Lamar's, Iowa. If you didn't know, it's the ice cream capital of the world and the location of All Saints Catholic Parish where I'm the parochial vicar. So it's nice to have you here. Father I Shane. think you've mentioned that maybe about 11 times on I this just, series. I got I to gotta keep building the brand. I know. For you know? any of our, yeah, because you probably get a kickback of ice cream as soon as you promote it on but this But did podcast. I tell you about this sign that we have over the main street? Have I've already seen talked it. about that? I don't think we've talked about it on no, this. No, we haven't. On this, you know, esteemed on this, uh, series here. <laughs> on this podcast. There's a big, well, there's a big sign over main street now. A big steel sign that's lit up at night that says ice cream capital of the world. Lamar's Iowa established 18, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's great. I hope there's not a town out there who wants like a bigger sign who has like a haagen factory or something. No, I hope they I hope they do challenge us because Sac City, Iowa, also in our diocese, had at one time the world's largest popcorn ball and some Boy Scout troop in a different state made a bigger one. They were dethroned? So yeah, oh. they were dethroned and they didn't just say, yeah, we've had this shtick long enough. Boy Scouts, you can take it. They built a bigger one. <laughs> and they took it back. And they took it back. Ooh. So shout out to those resilient Northwest Iowa popcorn ball makers who they're not going to sit back and let some Boy Scout troop put them in their place. All right. Comp- that's what we're made of up here in Northwest Iowa in the Diocese of Sioux City. Bragging rights. That's what you're saying, huh? Absolutely. Okay. That's right. Here we are. In the season of humility, glad the bragging rights right. are going that's strong. Right. Yeah. I'll make sure to give gifts to other people. I'll just make sure to brag about the ones I keep, you know? <laughs> just kidding. Um, so, where have you traveled? <laughs> <laughs> where have I been recently? This is becoming kind of well, like the, the Where's Waldo episode. The last episode. time I saw you, we had just gone on the big <clears throat> trek to Conception right. uh, in Missouri. And I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks because we kind of backlogged some of these podcasts. Where was I then? Oh, then I was in St. Paul. And then this weekend I was down in Ames visiting Iowa State. I was ah. Father Kyle Digman, the pastor of St. Thomas Aquinas Student Center, the Catholic Student Center in Parish. Catholic Student Center in Parish is how, yeah, that's what yeah. the science is. It's, it's a lot. Um, down at Iowa State University. So I was celebrating down there, doing some vocations work. Good. Touching base with some friends down in that um, esteemed college town. Mm. And it was good. It was good to catch up with Hickory people. Park. Actually, I did. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, great. I hey, did. listen, listeners, if you don't know about Hickory Park in Ames, Iowa, you got to go. It's a good place. It's like a factory. Yeah. It's, I, it's, so it's kind of like a it's kind of like a like a Cracker Barrel. Similar. Yes. That's original and not a chain. Right. But it is very much a factory. Yeah. It's good. But it's like you know, it's like a smokehouse, Hickory Smokehouse, yeah. with like an overwhelming amount of people and tables in there. And they, they keep they it going. Move them. They move them through. It's a well-oiled machine. Yes. I don't know how they do it. There's a, there's a, I'd love to get kind of behind the scenes to see. I'm not applying for a job. I'm not moonlighting as a restauranteur, but <laughs> I, I was just kind of curious to see behind the scenes. How does this operation keep going? You mm. know? That's interesting. Yeah. You know, we're on such a French kick the last episode. It's funny how like that is what we're known for with American cuisine is like you get in, you sit down. You eat extremely fast, and you get the heck out of there so more people can come in. There is none of this evening of, you know, relaxing going on. It's somewhere like Hickory Park. No, it's it's not a uh, 
<laughs> you get it. You, you don't settle in for a, a multi-course not. dinner. There. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. No. But it was good. It was good to see people down there, and you know there was the there, there was like the pre-exam stress, right? Ah, uh, like, yeah. Like everyone's in a hurry to turn in papers before Thanksgiving when you're a college student. Then you go home and you get four days to kind of crash and rejuvenate. And then you're right back and you're gearing up for finals because there's like a two or three week window still to go. Um, so I, it was, I was kind of in that phase where you could see everyone kind of panicky. Well, yeah, like architecture and design students had projects due and um, there's presentations and papers yeah. and finals coming. It's just kind of that time of the year at the end of the semester. Hmm. But it was good to see them all. That's good. What's new with you? Well, I've been hanging out here as I do, yes. which is great. Tending, um, tending your flock. Tending the flock. Um, that the Lord has given me, which has been good. We've had um, fun stuff at the school, I'm trying to think. We had some fun. Oh, again, another round of – so we did this last year during Catholic Schools Week. did a um, Father's First Annual Film Festival. Um, your, very film, nice. your, fis, your film, film festival? festival? Yeah, okay. we, we needed to, like, do an activity, and with COVID, there wasn't as much freedom to, like, move around and stuff. Okay. So we did a TikTok uh, video-making challenge. It didn't nice. have to be TikTok, but everybody lives in that kind of, like, mm-hmm. means of little short, fun videos. So, and then we had like a, a, a judge, um, judging, I don't know what I'm trying to say. We, I judged the videos okay. and rewarded, um, the, the winner. So we just for the Immaculate Conception, it was like a short day. Then we had a big long mass with the all school mass. So there's only a, a few hours left. So they kind of, we did Advent gift bags that are given to people in town. I think mm-hmm. at nursing homes, um, in the spirit of giving and then, there was like a couple hours to kill, so I gave a talk on theology of the body, and then apparently they made these videos. But I was kind of in the office all day, so I didn't see any of it happening. So I just watched a bunch of them recently, and they were absolutely hilarious. Nice. So one of them made fun of the fact that for my um, Immaculate Conception homily, everybody laughed at this, um, I referenced the song, Mary, Did You Know? Because Mary, did you know? That's right. You keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I know. I mean, I think our listeners would actually appreciate a little serenading. Um, <laughs> so, because Becca Conception has the Annunciation story, mm-hmm. I said, um, I hate to ruin the song for you, but she she did right. She knew. Yeah, she, there was she knew. there was this thing called divine revelation. <laughs> yeah, she she knew. So then I read the line that Gabriel uh, that the archangel said to her, and I was like, Yeah, she she knew. So everybody, everybody laughed and ruined it. So there was a, one of the kid made a TikTok. It's like when Father Crotty ruins the Mary, did you know? And everybody like collapsed backwards <laughs> on the floor um, in, you know, disbelief. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's there's a ton great. of memes about that. Is there? Oh, yeah. That's great. Mary, did you know? Yes. Yes, yes she did. She knew it. She did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hate to ruin that song. We had a little youth group uh, the other night. And one of the questions I asked, I love asking like, not the obvious questions like what's your favorite color. It's like what's your least favorite flavor of blue bunny ice cream. Oh, because it, it yep it, it makes people <laughs> kind of think. So I asked what's your least favorite Christmas song, which was interesting because you got the people who are kind of like bought into the whole Christmas spirit and mm-hmm. they love every song. Mm-hmm. But then it was a lot of hot takes came out. <laughs> Some people I hate them all. I don't listen to Christmas music. Wow. Okay. Okay. Anger management yeah, we'll issues talk. here. Yeah, absolutely. Referral to counseling, door seven, please. Yes. We've also had, um, as you know, um, people in the church probably should know at this point, uh, Pope Francis has asked that all parishes and dioceses in the country um, conduct these meetings in preparation for a synod in Rome, which happens often, but the synods are usually topical in nature, like a synod on the family or a synod on the youth or the priesthood or whatever. 
this is like a synod on synodality. Mm-hmm. So it's it's trying to draw like collected kind of dialogue and comments from the whole church to be brought to this um, to this synod, this meeting of bishops in Rome. So we had a few of those meetings recently, which has been good. It's always good to actually get a chance to sit down and talk to people. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the 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 good of this dialogue. So we used our our synod meeting with teenagers to be our first youth group here in the parish in preparations for a youth minister, hopefully soon. And it was good. It's just great. Young people, especially in high school, they're just taught to listen. Mm-hmm. So when they get a chance to share, it's always so good. And then parishioners too, there's not always the the space to like, Hey, I'm just going to stop by the office and share something that I'd like to see improved at our parish. But mm-hmm. when you give people an opportunity, they come and they, they share. But what I noticed in both um, meetings that I was able to attend in both situations of hearing people and just in the church right now, there's just a lot of confusion that leads to feeling really outcast from our faith of what our faith actually teaches, what the culture surrounding the faith has kind of taught, um, what we believe in reference to what the church teaches um, and, and how that has all changed. So what I've noticed with young people there's a lot of confusion as to, well, what, what does a church even teach about this? Mm-hmm. But then with older people, there's this kind of discussion about, well, the church used to teach this when I was growing up, like the Catholic church used to be like this, and now it's like this. And there's, there's obvious things to point to, like liturgical reform that happened. So you can obviously say, like, Mass used to be in Latin, now it's in the vernacular language. But it, different things, kind of like, well, the church used to teach about like purgatory like this, but now they teach about it like this. Or we used to think limbo was a thing, and, and, and now we don't think it's a thing. But I've noticed that's just created a lot of tension to understand what tradition is mm-hmm. and to understand what real development of belief, doctrine, um, development of church teaching, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've been thinking this whole time is this phrase that Pope Benedict used at the beginning of his pontificate, actually around this time in December, mm-hmm. um, when he talked about our hermeneutic of continuity. Ooh, big phrase. Big phrase. You better unpack phrase. that. I know, exactly. So uh, a hermeneutic just means an interpretive key, right? So we, A lens. A lens, yep. Mm-hmm. We interpret a lot of different things in, in the world. But sometimes it's talking about interpreting texts from the past. Um, but he also interpreting, understanding, um, in the light of revelation and reason, the teachings of the church. What Pope Benedict pointed out was there's two ways to do that. One is a continuity of looking to what we've received in tradition from the past and seeing that there's this thread of continuity that connects it to the present and that even looks forward to the future. Um, Because that's something unique about Christianity, that God has revealed himself in time, but we're we're, we're not just in this like circular pattern that's just going on forever. We know that there's an end eventually and that we're heading somewhere that we're on this like linear trajectory, hopefully to heaven and hopefully in deeper relationship with God. And that what has come in the past is part of what's happening now and is looking forward to the future. Right. So to use this lens to interpret the church teaching, to interpret the faith, the scriptures with this idea of continuity rather than a hermeneutic, a lens interpretive key of rupture that a certain point in the past is bad we need to break, hard break from that past to, to move forward to something brand new um, or to reestablish something um, that's been lost without taking into account what's come. Um, so that's just been going through my mind and how, how that 
can really ostracize people and make people feel outcast within the church of misunderstanding what the church teaches and how we've developed from the past to the present and then what we're looking forward to in the future. Deep, deep misunderstandings, therefore, between generations that creates a lot of skepticism um, or just a, a lack of community wanting to build up, you know, and see the, the whole parish as one family made up of multi-generations. You know, I think, Father Travis, in every generation, in every age, there is something... You have been our refuge. You in, in every... Okay, anyways. <laughs> that was just the perfect lyrics. I'm sorry. <laughs> you continue with your thought. Sorry. Uh, what was I saying? Anyways, in every age, in every time, in every place, there's there's always going to be a season by which certain things are going to be emphasized more. Yeah. You know, um, and the church is always going to take out of her storeroom, her st- like her her tre- treasure chest of of tools, the necessary uh, means means to respond to whatever's coming up in every culture, whatever crisis uh, you know the crisis of the week, the crisis of the year, the crisis of the generation. The church is going to respond to that, and because of that, things are going to get emphasized more, you know, and, and things might fall a little bit out of favor. But that never that never means that it's it's you know thrown out or is bad or is inherently wrong. There's just you know certain levers are getting you know pushed forward a little bit more prominently. Uh, just we see this all the time. Just given some of the um, uh, anthropology issues that are, are really prominent right now with human identity and human sexuality, right? But that's not to say that the rest of the catechism and the rest of the church's traditions are are just you know ridiculous there's just perhaps not the forefront attention given to what the culture really needs right now and the medicine that it's seeking from the truth of mother church Mm -hmm. right so so we have to acknowledge that there's just going to be different emphases at times you know just given the need to respond always to what's in front of us Mm -hmm. Um, but also therefore to 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 lead courageously and to always try and get out ahead of well, what's coming down the road? And if you right. if you run some of these ideas to their logical conclusion, this is going to be the result for the next coming generations. But as you point out, those emphases don't necessarily change the continuity of our faith, nor should they necessarily change the identity of how different generations of Catholic believers interact with one another mm. and pass the torch of belief on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, that phrase that Benedict used, the hermeneutic of continuity, it's it's very, very helpful because it's used in, in liturgical practice. It's used in all different contexts of theology. It's used in pastoral practice, pastoral governance. Um, yes, we're, we're always changing, and, and you know the times do change, and we have to respond in new ways. But that doesn't mean you sacrifice your core identity, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think of what, the language Gaudium et Spes. <clears throat> the document from the Second Vatican Council on the Church in the Modern World, and it, it specifically says, like, we need to read the signs of the times. So look at how the times change. See what needs to be emphasized more from, like you said, this <clears throat> storeroom of of truth, of goodness, of love that the Church has built up, that was given to the apostles, that's been understood and, and broken open over the years. To apply that, but it's. It's to read the signs of the times by the light of the gospel, mm-hmm. not just by our own kind of like whims of what we want to see want to, want to see change. Because then that, that makes this, this confusion and this challenge for young people I see today, where it's like, oh well, there was just a lot of you know everybody was closed off in the past to same sex relationships, to gender ideology, to all these different like anthropological sexual issues. 
well, now we've just like kind of developed and we're, we're, we're better than the past. So sophisticated. So, yeah, we're so sophisticated now. So it's like, well, clearly this kind of like Christianity that bubbled up in the past with these like old, outdated ways of thinking and ways of acting, ways of living, well, that needs to be like done away with so that we can have more freedom in this current age. Mm-hmm. I think we saw that with the, the revolution in Europe and, and the Americas t- at, the, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, there was a lot of growth and ideas, but then a lot of the times when you try to just cut off from the past, um, you lose your rootedness and you become more outcast from truth and mm-hmm. goodness and beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to mention too what tradition is and what that means. Um, we've talked about it in the past, but just a lack of rootedness mm-hmm. in the young people today. I think that's also true in belief too. But traditio means to pass something on and hand something on. We all experience that with like our families. But I think what we see, especially like Christmas traditions, for example, like the heart of the tradition that's passed on is still passed on, even if the the way it happens changes slightly, mm-hmm. you know? And you might add things over the years to try to like bring out really what you're trying to do. We're trying to what? Bring together communion and our family. We're trying to like experience giving gifts. We're trying to celebrate this holiday well. That's what's being passed on. And the the little small traditions that kind of hang around that, they might ebb and flow depending on how useful and helpful they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said the word growth earlier. You know, um, it's a very helpful word in terms of understanding the development of doctrine in a Newman sense. Um, because when someone plants a tree and the tree starts to sprout and becomes a little sapling and then it becomes full, full grown, well, it, it, at no point is it not the same tree. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to get into like metaphysical properties here, but um, at no point would you ever say, well, this tree just suddenly became a different thing overnight. Uh, but it is. There's been a consistent growth and a and a consistent <laughs> continuity. Cough drop, Father. Yeah, doing thanks. okay. I'm fine, thank you. Okay, keep flowing with the coffee. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I'm a hydroflask. Don't worry. Well, you you do have your liquids ready to go here. What's in your hydroflask today? Just water. You sure? I'm sure. It's clear, absolute, sure enough. Just water. Just water. Okay. Anyways, the tree keeps growing, and a uh, little segue there into beverages. The tree keeps growing, and the uh, the identity always stays the same. Yeah. And at no point would you say that the thing was ever dead. At no point would you say that it stopped being itself and became somehow morphed into a new thing. But there was always kind of what was what was to become the full-grown mature tree was always inherent from the beginning. And what was from the beginning was not lost later on in maturity, um, and it's very, it's very important to understand that, you know, in terms of the continuity that we speak of here within right. the faith, our beliefs and our practices. Yeah. It's just helpful to ground ourselves when we feel outcast from our own faith to realize that there is this 2000 year, but then even before that with, I mean, really to the beginning of time that God has continually revealed himself in, in historical experiences with real people. That has been chronicled through the scriptures, that has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, that has been passed down. And then within the first century of the church, we have these beautiful teachings that are unpacking what, what God has given through Jesus Christ to his apostles and to his church that he just established. And now we've seen it can continue to blossom and grow, like this tree, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. And to recognize where we've come from is the only way we can recognize where we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Instead of having this idea that we need to break from the past we need to see how, okay, certain cultural elements of the past and even within the church have been unhelpful for the gospel to shed its light on 
different signs of the times. But if we look at the truth of the gospel and continue to let that light shine on the signs of the times, rather than just the times influencing you know, our faith backwards, then we can actually continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the more we can dig back into the the fundamental teachings of our faith, when we feel outcast from, well, what does the church teach today? What does church understand? Um, catechism is a great place to start. Somebody asked the other day in RCA, what are those three C's? <laughs> catechism of the Catholic Church is this beautiful document. It's online, but it's published by... Um, is published by the Pope uh, in 1992, so it's fairly recent. But it's it's a beautiful anthology of this continuity of the faith because it's constantly quoting Scripture and Church Fathers. Um, so that would just be one one uh, practical piece. If you're feeling outcast from the faith, continue to dig into our rich tradition that's still growing, that's still progressing right now. What I would also offer to our listeners: if you find yourself in a conversation, maybe a moment of tension in your parish, local Catholic community where there's a real push towards rupture or where there's a real misunderstanding between generations or church practices, right. um, you know, go ahead and push back a little bit and try and distinguish in the midst of the conversation, okay, is this something that was kind of a, uh, a cultural fad? Is this something that was an emphasis at a certain time that was needed then and perhaps is not needing as much emphasis now? Or is this something that's actually part of the, the true doctrine of the church which is not going to change its flavor, you know, but is going to cons- consistently offer the truth to each successive generation. Uh, those distinctions are really helpful and necessary in these moments of tension in which generations might not be understanding one another. Absolutely. Good to well, be with you, Father. Yeah, thanks for throwing in some, some Newman knowledge and questioning my beverages of choice. But um, <laughs> let's just continue to have this continuity of the tradition and look forward to the future in our faith. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.